Welcome to God's Love Language, a podcast designed for Christian discipleship with emphasis on developing our relationship and fellowship with God. Now, here is our host, Joe Enlow. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Appreciate that. And thank you, Deanna, for that introduction. Greetings and welcome back to God's Love Language with Joe Enlow. I am your host, Joe Enlow, and I appreciate you listening in. Do you want to hear some godly advice about raising your children? Well, you've come to the right place. In fact, we have been discussing this topic since episode 39, so I guess that's about four months ago when we started. So please go there first and then listen to the rest of the Parent and God series if you haven't been listening yet. If you've been following along, then welcome back for today. Remember, this podcast is for those who are serious about becoming disciples of Jesus. Jesus said we had to forsake all in Luke 14, 25 through 33, or we cannot be his disciple. Being a disciple is not the same as being saved. Your salvation is once and for all and is by faith. To become a disciple is for the few, which says the gate is narrow, remember? Those who realize that this life, those who are disciples, they realize that this life is not about themselves, but about living it for God, just like our Savior did. The word forsake in this context means to say goodbye. That's how it's used in the majority of of its usage in the New Testament. Now, don't get up and leave your family. This saying goodbye is the attitude you must be willing to have and must have, especially in today's American culture. If your family believes differently than you, will you convert to their way or will you adamantly continue your Christian walk and devotion, trying to get your family to come to Jesus in the meantime? The attitude is in the heart. God knows your heart and you must be willing to do and go wherever he tells you to. To the disciple, nothing gets in the way of your discipleship and being a devoted follower of Jesus. So you must be prepared. Okay, many years ago, my wife and I attended a class on raising Christian children that was given by our then youth pastors. When it was over, we felt so condemned and defeated. It was terrible. We drove away, had to pull over with tears coming out of our eyes. We felt like the worst parents on earth. And we had been Christians most of our lives, went to church consistently, and always made God a priority in our marriage and family. It was teaching that should not have happened. No parents are perfect, and we all make mistakes. My seven boys will attest to that. I say that to say this. Do not let our teaching make you feel condemned. Remember, this is a discipleship podcast. I present the teaching with the idea that you came into this podcast as a single Christian first, then you became or will become married to another Christian, and then you will have children. The main thrust and teaching is geared that way in these podcasts. But I also am addressing those of us that did not do it the ideal way as God intended. Please remember this as you listen. If you have found this podcast because you are trying to change your parenting skills, Welcome. Make sure to understand where we are coming from and make adjustments accordingly. We will do our best to add the information necessary to include as many scenarios as possible. If you still need more information or you need to ask a question, email me at jinlow 
at godslovelanguage.com, and I will get back to you. Thanks for understanding and know this. Making you feel condemned is not our goal. We don't want anybody to feel like we did that day. We, like our God, have abundant grace and mercy for everyone. In the two previous episodes to this one, we gave you six of the ten principles for raising your children as a Christian. Today, we give you the last four. All right, number seven. Know and understand the culture your children grow up in. This one is similar to number six as far as staying up to the date or staying up to date with the times your child is being raised in. We as parents tend to stay in the thinking and behavior mode of our, our culture that we were born in. Wise parents will become students of the present culture and expectations mainly to help you understand what forces and ideas your children are being confronted with. You can't say, well, when I grew up, that type of thing. But if you think about it, it will also help you in case you get an opportunity to evangelize someone from this culture, like, say, a friend of your children. If you are up in age like I am, you know that this era is completely different than the one we grew up in. We had no cell phones, no thousands of channels on TV, no internet, no online video gaming, gaming, and we usually played outside with our friends. Staying stuck in that era and telling our children to act like we did is more likely a complete waste of time and energy. Well, I turned out okay. What would be good for you and them is to learn about what children are into now, the forces that they are being attracted to, and what is shaping their roar, their world, especially what things and influences are shaping their values and attitudes. Hopefully, it is us, or you as parents, but unless you are living on a deserted island, you can bet there are influences beyond your reach that are affecting what they believe. Don't just tell your children they cannot watch certain programs or movies or can't listen to certain music. If they have secular friends or even Christian friends, some of those friends will introduce them to things on your forbidden list anyway. You must have the evidence why they can't do the forbidden. Help them to gain an understanding why you believe the way you do. If your reasons are weak or you claim that one day they will understand, you are in trouble. I guarantee it. I have heard that. Why do we believe this way? This is an opportunity for you to gain clarity on the issues and then to teach it to your children. Then pray for the wisdom and protection of the Holy Spirit over them. Earn their respect for the facts that you present. Remember, I mean, God has pointed out things that you shouldn't do in His Word in the Bible. Do you do some anyway? All right, number eight. Stay close and promote fellowship intimacy. If you know that by the Indiana gives the introduction, this podcast is about relationship and fellowship and developing those. There is a saying, and I'm not sure who the author was, but it goes like this. Rules without relationship produce rebellion. But I don't think that is accurate. I would change it to say rules without fellowship and intimacy produce rebellion. If the original version were true, we would have less rebellion just because we are related. You will always have a relationship with your children. You will always be their father or mother. The keys to producing children that will heed your advice and guidance is in the fellowship intimacy with them. 
You are not called to be their best friend, but you are to be their parents. In the psychological world and in the Bible, we see over and over the need for love and attention that everyone needs. In fact, if you search the DSM, which is the Diagnostic Statistical Manual for the Mental Disorders, that's what they use to diagnose people. And for the most severe of these mental illnesses, you will see that a large contributing factor for those diagnosed individuals is a skewed relationship with their parents, that fellowship with an intimacy. God is love. He desires to be loved, and he created us to want love from him and from those we are in relationship with. There are some that will say, or so are some that will stay in an abusive relationship just to have and settle for defective love. And that's because they fear a world of no love at all. In other words, they'd rather have a terrible love or a bad love, where they kind of feel it sometimes, than have no love at all. If you're being wise with your children, there will be times that they will hate your rules or decisions regarding their lives. That is to be expected because you probably go through the same thing with God. And it will hurt your feelings because they hate it. They may say some mean things. Your higher calling is to raise responsible children who will make wise decisions about morality. You make these tough choices out of love for God and the Father and love for them. Do not put restrictions on them just to make your life easier. That is a cop-out and unbiblical. Remember, your home is their first classroom, their safe place. No greater love on earth should be available to them outside that home environment. They need to know that they can confess failures, ask tough questions without being yelled at, keep things in confidence, and they know that they will have the love and support of Christian parents. This is how they begin to know that God loves them. Their parents are manifesting who God is through their parenting style. Keep in mind also, each child is different. Their, each child is wired uniquely by God to accomplish the reason He created them. And each has their own way of interacting with you as parents. You, as the adult and all-wise parent, must make the effort to understand how they are different. You could say that maybe you must learn their individual love language. I guarantee that you will gain more experience and wisdom as you become adaptive to each child. Do not compare them against each other. One may be more responsive to you than another, but just like you and I, God knows what they need to accomplish their mission on earth. And it is up to you to understand what works best with communicating and interacting with that child in order to nourish those particular giftings. Do what you can to provide opportunities to recognize their giftings and to help their siblings see those giftings. If the situation allows, try to always have a family dinner time together to share what God is doing in each one's life. Each parent should set aside time to spend one-on-one with each child, ideally once a week or at least every two weeks. 
Remember, your words have the power of life and death in them. Never let your anger speak negative emotions toward your children. Never take it personally when they speak displeasure with you, especially teenagers. Remember, teenagers have hormonal changes happening with their emotions as well as physical changes that they may or may not see as beneficial, you know, the pimples and so forth. It will take teamwork at times to hold each other up and cool one another down for your parents have to help each other out. If you make a mistake, demonstrate repentance to your children by making things right with them and God. I had to go back, even from mistakes that I made years ago, I had to go, once I found the truth, I went back and I humbled myself to my children and kind of pointed out what I should have done differently. Number nine, mobilize the village. This basically came from an old African proverb is what I heard, but it is true anywhere there are families. Friends and family are extensions of our nuclear families, especially church families. When your children visit their Christian friends, when they visit their Christian friends and family, hopefully they can see the same type of love and guidance that they are getting at home. This will reinforce what they are being taught at home, especially if your children are exposed to an extended family member that they respect and has a story about how they rebelled and then found their way back to God. Those are always good stories for the kids to hear. Stories like this from people they respect and go a long way to helping them reach a decision. The more devout the family, the better. Don't outsource your parenting, though, but look for every healthy opportunity to expose them to reinforce the reinforcement of truths that are from God. If you know of a single parent that needs assistance, help them out. I would ask a question here. Do you have anyone that made an impact on your Christian walk that was an extended family member or a friend of the family? Think about it and how they helped you. And finally, number 10, start all these things now. Wherever you are in the process of raising your child or children or wherever your children are in life, start now to do what you need to do to get on the right track. Like we said before, hopefully you have started this journey while you were both Christians and your children are yet to be born or they are in infancy. But the chances are, like me, you started getting serious with your Christian walk after having children that are older and seemingly set in their ways. Your kids may even have broken your heart, maybe numerous times. I think about how many times I broke my parents' heart, or hearts, as well as the many more times I must have broken God's heart. All we can do is make sure we are right with God, making the changes and adjustments necessary to be consistent as a Christian. Make sure your fellowship intimacy is happening with the Godhead. Only when you are secure of your relationship with God can you make a real difference with your children. Then call on the Holy Spirit for help. Pray for your children often and with passion. Then have faith that God will redeem the time with them any time that you may have lost. If God can change you, he can change your children. If you're young to the discipleship game, find a mentor with a family who seems to be doing it right. Don't sit around and live with regret over lost opportunities. Learn and apply all godly principles you can. You, your best evidence and witness to your changed life will be in the success of your change of character into a godly man or woman. 
On the other hand, if you think you have lots of time and you will eventually get to it, after all, you're a busy person, right? But if you do that, I will guarantee that the time will pass you by faster than you think. Things have a tendency to change on a dime. Get your house in order. Do what you can now to change the direction of the tide. Being a Christian and doing it God's way is truly the meaning of a great and exciting life. Even if it seems you take one step forward and two steps back, don't ever give up. As Paul says, finish the race of the Christian life. It is not a sprint, but it's a marathon. Be intentional about your Christian walk and parenting skills. One day you'll wake up and notice the changes that have occurred. Always seek the fellowship intimacy with your spouse and children. Do things together. Make those precious memories and support each other's walk with God. In closing this episode, I would just like to share that most of my boys spend a great deal of their younger lives in church, the younger ones even more. Out of seven, only two still attend church, but all confess to be believers. I am still feeding into their lives, even my 50-year-old son, and I don't intend to stop. I did not implement most of the 10 principles because no one ever taught them to me. I came to the uh, I came the closest in doing things like this that I'm sharing with you with my youngest, and he is by far the closest to God, a very godly man. I get compliments about him all the time. Keep your faith strong and believe, and God will move on your life and your children's lives. You will all grow closer to God in the process. Okay, next month, I will close out our series on the parent and God by talking about the developmental stages of your children and how this understanding the developmental stages will help you raise your children as Christians in a sinful world. God was the genius behind the developmental stages, so we need to learn about them. Until then, may God bless and keep you, and may he make you into the man or woman of God he designed you to be. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's teaching. If you would like more information about our podcast and subject matter, or if you would like to leave a comment, go to GodsLoveLanguage.com, or you may email Joe at jnlo at GodsLoveLanguage.com. 